Welcome back to Let Me Be Brief, brought to you by our partners, M-Prize Bank. There for all of your commercial needs, making it as easy as possible. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger, joined by my esteemed colleague, Matt Basinger. And today, we have Reinhard Mabry of Alpha Point. Reinhard, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for being here. Uh, point of this podcast, right, is to get straight down to business. And so uh, there's a lot of folks who are listening, and they might not even know what Alpha Point is. And so let's just dive right in. Tell me more about what you do on a day-to-day basis, what, what your organization does as well. Sure. So Alpha Point is one of the largest employers of people who are blind in the United States. We're also one of the largest providers of rehabilitation services to people who are blind across the country. So you think about a person who loses their eyesight they essentially need to relearn how to navigate the world, how to uh, provide for themselves and how to take care of themselves. And so we provide the means for a person to be able to, uh, one, uh, navigate the world, uh, navigate their environment, uh, live independently, and then get back to work. Yeah. How- May be kind of a silly question, but how do you do that, right? Like Andy can say, like, we help make whiskey. Uh, but the reality we is that there's, <laughs> there's a lot more that goes into that. Um, like how did, one, I guess, how did you get here? But two, I guess more specifically, you said that you employ some folks who have some vision impairments. Like what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? So Alpha Point was founded in 1911. We're close to 110 years old here in the community. And um, throughout that history, training for people who are blind has evolved. But mm-hmm. The, the basics are remain the same. Um, you first, when a person loses their eyesight, they need to learn how to navigate a space. So sure. you get a white cane, you get taught how to navigate that space safely. Um, then you go beyond that, learning how to cook, to clean, take care of yourself, um, how, to, how to dress and know that, uh, that things match, sure. um, um, how to make sure that your, your hair is combed. And th- just the basics that we all learned and innately do every morning, mm-hmm. uh, if you've lost your eyesight, which provides a significant amount of, of data to your brain to tell you what's going on, what's safe, how to, you need to relearn those things. And so that's what our team of professionals do with someone who's lost their eyesight or is experiencing a significant change in their, in their eyesight. And then the other dilemma for people who are blind after navigating the space is how do I provide for myself and provide for my family? 70% of people who are blind across the United States are not employed. Mm. Um, the reality is most employers look at people who are blind and project on them their own fears and insecurities. If I was blind, I wouldn't be able to do that. Sure. Um, and so they assume that that person can't either. In reality, people who are blind have tremendous skills and, uh, and abilities, and we showcase those. And then we provide employment ourselves, and then we provide placement services to get those people into jobs in the community. Do you have partner companies that you guys work with for those placement services, both that and what is the actual training like? Yeah, so uh, so companies, it, it, it's really a, a, a one-to-one experience with an employer. You need to match the person, you need to match the job, 
Um, so you, we do job coaching, uh, job exploration, where we'll we'll go out with the with the candidate and talk to the employer and work with them side by side in order to make sure that it's a good fit, and even work on on engineering the job to make it a good fit for the person. It might be adaptive technology, or it might be just just uh, techniques. Um, what that what that person experiences day one um, is they come into the building. They're going to be greeted by professionals who are going to teach them those skills in a very, a, a very um, process-oriented way, um, and build their confidence. And that's, it, it's really a very, uh, it, it's a very intensive period of time for a person, um, but it's very one-on-one. Now you've been in Kansas City for about fifteen years, right? With with Alpha Point, how did you get into this role? Uh, I mean, did you have a history of working in nonprofits? Did you have a history of working with folks who had had some different abilities? Like, how is this a, the great fit for you? And then I think more so, um, not to say what is your goal, right? But like uh, at the end of the day, what is uh, what is your role within making Alpha Point continue to get better and better at what you all do? Sure. So um, I, I think that really from the time that I graduated from college, I knew that I wanted to do something in the nonprofit sector. It appealed to me. It it feeds not just uh, uh, your need for a job, but it also feeds the soul. If you find something that's uh, that you really get excited about, it can become a passion. And I had a mentor that told me early on in this career that uh, if you're if you're in it for any length of time. Uh, it'll get in your bloodstream and then you'll never want to leave it. And that, that in fact, is what's happened with me. It started out as a job. It became a career and it's, and it's really become a passion. Um, nonprofit really doesn't mean that you don't make a profit. I think people have this assumption in the marketplace that, that nonprofit implies that, that you're not supposed to make a profit or you're not allowed to make a profit. Mm-hmm. That's not at all what it means. It means you don't pay Uncle Sam. It means you don't pay Uncle Sam. <laughs> I wish we could all be nonprofits. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it also means that the purpose of the enterprise is different. Mm-hmm. Our purpose is a mission-based enterprise. We are there to provide a population, a, a, a discrete group of people, a service that they need that they're not getting in the marketplace otherwise. Um, we're trying to solve a social problem. Um, and that's the one that we have is, is uh, for 110 years is helping people who are blind be able to navigate the world and get to work and be able to provide for themselves and for their families. And how do we do that in a way that is, uh, is exciting, is, is, uh, is really perhaps we'll be talking about a little bit about this in this podcast. Well, but for you, you're here in Kansas City. Before the show, we talked about you guys moving here about 15 years ago. What's sort of your been your career buildup to get to this point and sitting here with us today and sort of where you've moved from and all of your stops along the way? Sure. So uh, in in our field, the which is really um, an organization that is entrepreneurial in nature, we secure contracts with the federal government, state government, and the private sector as a means to create that job for that person who's blind. And so when I started out in this career, it was as a business development uh, professional. I came in to look for and match nonprofits with contracts, uh, whether they be state contracts or private sector contracts, in order to create an, uh, a relationship and a synergy where a person 
with a disability could get a job. We did that in Florida through a program that was sponsored by the state of Florida and then did that for about seven years. Went to North Carolina where I uh, was a vice president for a nonprofit organization that employed people who are blind. Um, did that for a few years and then was recruited to come out here and, and really help the organization grow and, and diversify. So what, what does success look like for you? Is success helping Kansas City be more aware of some of the needs of, of folks that you're serving? Is success getting more people placed in jobs? Is success building, you know, a big initiative to do something in the future? Like what are, what are the things that really get you going every morning? Yeah, so the needle mover for us is people who are blind being put into jobs, whether it be on our payroll or jobs in the community, and uh, being able to make a, a, a dent in that national statistic. Mm -hmm. um, and we do that here in Kansas City, but we've also extended our reach. We have about half of our workforce is in New York City. Oh, wow. uh, we have employees in, in uh, 10 states across the country, and their job is, is really uh, to, to extend our reach and provide service and employment uh, to as many people as we can. So we've talked a lot about the mission and the purpose and what the public really sees when it comes to not only Alpha Point but nonprofits in general. Let's talk about the business side of it because no one ever thinks about that, and that's something that someone in your shoes, you always have to worry about really on a daily basis. Sort of talk about the whole the revenue process and, and what goes into that and where that comes from and basically the things that the public doesn't even realize. So I, I thank you. I appreciate that because uh, I, a, a lot of times in our field, we're, we describe ourselves as being the best kept secret in the community. And I, I think that's very true in Alpha Point's uh, experience. Um, we are a manufacturer. We are an injection molder. We, we mold uh, over uh, 80 million bottles for the Department of Veterans Affairs for their mail-order pharmacy system and also for Express Scripts and provide spray bottles to GSA that are used for cleaning and, and the like. We are a manufacturer of writing instruments, have been since 1969 making writing instruments for the federal government in a variety of different office supplies. Um, we are in New York. We are a sower of military garments that are used on the battlefield. We own our own intellectual property in the development of a tactical mechanical tourniquet that's used on the battlefield today and has been used by Doctors Without Borders. Uh, we manufacture janitorial products, uh, mops, brooms, brushes. You know, the earliest days of employment for people who are blind back in the, the early 1900s was, was manufacturing hand-making brooms, uh, straw brooms. Well, we've turned that into an enterprise and employ 50, 60 people now in New York manufacturing mops, brooms, and brushes that are used by the military that's used to sweep the decks of aircraft carriers that are used to clean Times Square after after New Year's Eve. Um, and, not in and all 2020. Many, not, not in 2020, you're right. Um but all the all the different needs that uh, that we fulfill, and every single one of those is all about creating a job. But it also generates a revenue stream for Alpha Point that allows us to extend our reach and serve more people. So, as a nonprofit, then a lot of the the end customers that you did mention are some form of governmental entities that you're dealing with. Being a nonprofit and the mission that you guys have. 
Are you guys bidding on contracts with normal for-profits? Do nonprofits have a little bit of a leg up in the sense of government contracts? Are they directly uh, bid and negotiated between the organizations? How does that process work? That's a great question. So um, since the Great Depression, there's been a federal law in existence that provides for a set-aside for nonprofits that employ people with disabilities um, to be able to win and maintain contracts that will in turn allow them to employ people with disabilities at the federal level. That's existed since 1938, and we take advantage of that. It's called the Ability One program. In addition, some states, about about half the states in the country, have a, a comparable law in New York, it's a very um, uh, been around since the 1940s uh, that does the same thing, and so we take advantage of those federal and state laws uh, where uh, where possible. Uh, but we also bid competitively for business, um, and a significant amount of our business is is generated through competitive bidding. And we have to be competitive in price, quality. We have to deliver on time, and I think that's really um, it. It helps sharpen the sword if you. If you are entirely dependent upon set-asides, you can become a little um, – I don't know if I've got a good word, but we'll just say uh, uh, comfortable. And we like to be a little uncomfortable. We want to secure business. I think it's going to be um, to our best interest when we compete and uh, and strive and win. It's kind of the entrepreneurial way, right, mm-hmm. of doing things. So you were about to say something, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up. But I I, I see it. In yeah. Your so eyes. yeah, the, the last that I wanted to know on the business side of things really is, you know, you guys seem to be a lot different than what the general public would view as a nonprofit and how they earn their money and stay active. So being that you guys are not really fundraising based, even though you do fundraising, and it's very typical and traditional, most mm-hmm. of the public understands that. So we don't need to dig too deep into that side. Have you guys really been affected in 2020 based on who your customer base is and what you guys do and how you actually earn your revenue? Or has this been just okay year for you guys? Well, in, in actuality, we've been very blessed. We've had a great year uh, in spite of all the challenges, and there are tremendous headwinds in the nonprofit sector. You think about um, – I think that, that uh, Chronicle Philanthropy says that 25% of nonprofits across the country – are at risk of failing in 2021. Mm. 83% of nonprofits across the country have seen a decline in their revenue. No organizations are able to do events. Uh, fundraising looks very, very different, and a lot of them are, are having difficulty. And so uh, we've been very fortunate to be able to grow our business in the in the middle of, of that environment. Didn't uh, come without challenges. When half of your workforce are in New York, uh, the epicenter of, of this uh, virus, um, people were afraid to come to work. People were afraid to to uh, to get on a bus and perhaps get infected. We've been able to overcome that. We have a tremendous safety record. We talk a lot about safety and and how to protect people and make sure that they have a safe work environment to come and um, and be successful in every day. And we've been able to do that. Fundraising is is where we've had difficulty and we're going to have difficulty. And that really affects our ability to extend our reach as as well as other nonprofits in and throughout the community and across the country. And so right now, so many businesses are hurting and they're thinking about how they're going to keep their doors open. The nonprofit sector is experiencing the exact same issue and they're wondering how are they going to be able to deliver service to a population that is really desperate for help. And so if you want to learn more about AlphaPoint and how you can help 
Uh, you can go to our website and find out about how you can give, how you can uh, perhaps uh, volunteer and help uh, a person who is struggling in this marketplace uh, achieve success. Kind of took some of the words out of my mouth. I was about to parlay into that. Quick story. So we've actually, this year was a little bit different, but we've done a blindness awareness escape room at Breakout KC and Breakout Waikiki every year. And it's one of our only experiences. It's just the month of October. Uh, and uh, you you are wearing a blindfold the entire time. And so it was an, an opportunity for us to kind of dive in and just show that there are folks who live like this or live with this every every day. And so, um, you know, it's been fun for us to to get to experience that and see that and help our customers experience that. And so, again, I just want to read it. What you just said is for Kansas City businesses, other folks listening, if, if you do have some interest in partnering with you all in any form or fashion, um, please visit your website. Uh, we'll, we'll be sure to get you in touch if you reach out to Andy and I. But, you know, we could keep talking a lot. I think we, we always find that we could do a three-hour podcast, but that's not what we're doing here, right? We're about being brief. And so we wanted to make sure to thank you for coming on the show. Um, thank you for telling us more about what you do. And, and um, thank you to Emprise Bank as well for making all of this possible. So on, on behalf of my friend Andy, on behalf of uh, Reinhardt Mabry with Alpha Point, on behalf of our friends at Let It Fly Media, the Jay Rieger and Co. Distillery, Swell Spark, Laden Timber. Uh, this has been Let Me Brief, and we'll look forward to uh, talking more next time. Thank you very much. Thank you.